If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. I'm chatting again with Sammy Stewart from The Hold and we last had Sammy on the podcast in episode 85. And Sammy, at that time, I think you were even pre-launch in your business, but doing really well. You already had a few clients lined up. You were pretty, um, you know, active on, you had a good website, you had some socials set up. And um, so we wanted to do a check-in kind of a year into your business to see how things have all landed. So how are you? Uh, I'm so good, Julia. Thank you so much for the chance um, to come and talk to you. I think it's really important as someone who's working for themselves to kind of, you know, like what you would have maybe in like a full-time job, like an end-of-year check-in, how have things gone, what's worked well, what would you change? So I'm really grateful for the opportunity um, to chat and hopefully share some wisdom might be a strong word but yeah share some experiences from a year of um running my beautiful little business as a postpartum professional yeah but it it does feel like hard-earned wisdom doesn't it that first year of running a business (laughs) (laughs) to answer your question how am i i am good my plate is full i feel like i am on the other side of a bit of a tricky season of life with you know just the bigness of this work and the big bigness of my family and, you know, having another job and raising a toddler. But as the year is coming to an end, I am feeling, yeah, refreshed and renewed and very, very grateful, I would say. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear it because it is definitely a bit of a roller coaster running your own business. And, um, you know, I know that ride well. I don't think there's a business owner alive who hasn't at some point gone, oh, this is too much. I'm just yeah. going <laughs> to give it up. <laughs> Um, but also the rewards are great as well and and the learning and the personal development is huge too. So I'm excited to hear some of that. So do you want to give us a little bit of an update, maybe what's been going on in the last year and then we can dive into a bit more of like the actual learnings and yeah, changes. Um, so between when I finished your wonderful course and when I launched my business, I think there was about four or five months of back-end stuff setting up my website, setting up my Instagram page, figuring out my packages, all the um, very important pieces that, you know, can, you know, often have a bit of crisis of confidence attached to them. But move through that, launch my business, and I still haven't been able to quite pinpoint it, whether I just put myself out there at the right time, whether there was just a real need in Brisbane, again, at the right time, whether it was just dumb luck um, or whether, you know, I had offerings that people really wanted and were really attracted to. Can't quite tell you what, but there was a good swell of energy when I launched my business um, here in Brisbane in Queensland and I managed to get um, my first maybe three or four clients within the first couple of weeks um, of putting myself out there. Um, And from there, the energy continued to pick up um, and I booked out the rest of my year, my 2023 year, probably about four four months, I would say five months into running my business. And I frame that very carefully because I have a part-time job. 
So I work three days a week in public health and I do my um, my work as a doula one day a week. And so what kind of constitutes me being fully booked would be very different to someone who was doing this work full time. I don't think if I did this work five days a week, I highly doubt I would be fully booked, but I was able to get myself fully booked very quickly, um, which was a real blessing and certainly wasn't um, something I expected. Um, and yeah, was a really delightful surprise. And so I spent this year figuring it all out, learning all the things, learning where my strengths lie, learning where I think I would do things a little bit differently, a few tweaks to pricing packages, my schedule, learning when to say no. That's been a really big part of the journey is knowing when I'm not the right provider for someone when I don't have capacity, leaning into my referral networks, leaning into my doula community, my like doula, doula sisters and siblings in Brisbane and Sydney and Melbourne. It's been super duper special and super duper necessary. And just figuring out how you show up for people in these big moments of their lives whilst not losing sight of what you need and, you know, the resilience and strength and support and boundaries you need to be able to do this work in a way that feels really aligned and authentic. That's how my year's been, I'd say. Just a, just a little thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of what you talk about is really like probably not just the first year of running a business lessons, but really like any stage of business lessons is, you know, that learning boundaries and, and learning not to burn out, which probably is just boundaries and pricing, isn't it? I mean, ultimately that's probably what it comes down to. It's why I talk about boundaries and pricing all the time mm. because burnout in caring professions is so high uh, and so many good people end up you know shifting to other industries because of that so it's so important that we know that up front uh, and that we don't think that pricing is like you know pricing and boundaries are not like greedy um, selfish discussions these are uh, you know essential and life-giving if you plan to be here for a while so let's um let's dive into that because I think the other thing I want to mention is you often learn so much from just taking action and getting clients and so many people at the start of their business they're like I want to know everything before I get the client I'm like you cannot there's no way you have to get the client you learn you change you adjust your boundaries you adjust your contract you know you change your pricing and then you get another client and you do it all again forever and ever and ever yeah <laughs> Um, so I love that you did that. You just dived yeah. into having all of these clients, you know, even though you're kind of still like, I'm still learning. <laughs> Much like parenting, right? It's always in flux. It's always yeah. in flux. There is no end point you're, unless you, you know, decide to step into a new career. It is always flowing and adjusting and you're resetting and resettling into the present moment. So it's been, yeah, a good lesson, especially for someone who, you know, potentially ident identifies as a bit of a perfectionist to just be like, it's okay. It's okay to need to change and adapt and reevaluate and carve out the time in my week to have the space to reevaluate because it's really hard to do it on the run when you're chock a block with clients and you know you end up spending Saturdays and Sundays seeing clients and actually having that be you know the time to do that those big picture like thinking brainstorming sessions yeah doesn't so work. let's let's jump into that first because it is one of the hardest things about being a solo business owner is you don't have any kind of like check-ins with a boss or 
you know, anyone who says how's it going or what what might need to change? How, how do you keep yourself accountable to that? Mm, great question. Um, when I, I was probably a few months into starting um, starting my business, and again, just like divine timing, um, Naomi Krisalakis just started her mentoring um, program. So first first run of it, and it just came at that exact time that I needed an ear, someone to talk to. Um, so her support, it's about three months, three months of mentoring support was just so useful to have someone to talk to and brainstorm. And whenever I talk to new and emerging doulas and postpartum professionals, um, just kind of always angle, that, you know, their support out there, find your person, find someone to talk to. In terms of the accountability stuff, on like an emotional level, I was really lucky that my personal counsellor, who I've been seeing since preconception, um, uh, she just so happens to be an ex-doula herself and she sees doulas in like a, um, a supervision capacity as part of her work. So this amazing woman who, yeah, I linked in with so I could she could help me you know, be there as my support through my preconception and conception, then pregnancy, then postpartum. She is now there for me um, in a professional capacity as well. So having her there to debrief with is really important. And I'll always say, you know, it's great to have doula friends. It's great to have, you know, postpartum professional friends. But for real debriefing, pay a professional, have and like have the funds in your work account to be able to have that professional support. I found it incredibly valuable. And in terms of keeping myself accountable, I think it's just setting, setting small and realistic goals and knowing that I get to decide when they happen and if I put something in the calendar for a month and it doesn't happen that's totally okay again much like parenting need to be flexible need to flex I I had things on my list for you know seven or eight months at at a time a course I wanted to do an offering I wanted to launch and I'd say I'm probably maybe just a quarter of the way through that list and that's okay it'll always be there it'll always be time but a big lesson for me has been like having that carving out space in my schedule and in my week for that thinking um, and that time to kind of reflect and hold myself accountable because if you're just rushing from one client to another, yeah, it's kind of up to you really to make that space available. Yeah, it's one of the hardest shifts to being a business owner, isn't it, that you're you're the boss as well as the employee, so you have to be good to yourself, you know. Like what would you want from a boss or how would you as a boss treat someone else? We often don't do that for ourselves. Often we won't pay ourselves super or we don't give ourselves enough holidays or we work ourselves too hard and you think, what a horrible boss. Like I wouldn't do that to anyone else. So why would I do that to myself? Yeah. <laughs> but you're the boss. It's you. you got to look in the mirror. Again, what you were saying about... um. The self-development, the self-development aspect of this work. Like it's such a blessing, even when it's really confronting. It's like you're you're the one making the call, you're the one who deals with the outcomes and the consequences, good, bad, you know, everything in between. So there's yeah, many opportunities to be doing that inner work and reflecting on, you know, your values and your practice um, amongst actually doing the work, which is confronting, but I'm incredibly grateful for it. Yeah. So so let's look at what some of those learnings are. I know some of them were around boundaries. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, I think in uh, in connecting with clients at the start of their pregnancy, I learned a really important lesson around expectation of communication throughout their pregnancy if I'm going to support them in 
postpartum. And it's something I hadn't considered in my pricing. It's something I hadn't considered in my framing. My usual um, kind of like, you know, base level package would be meeting with someone for a few hours in pregnancy and then and then starting um, supporting them um, in postpartum. If you have a client who wants lots of conversation and lots of support throughout the pregnancy, of course, a connection and bonding is such an important part of the work. But I never considered being really upfront around like my framing of, you know, great, this is going to be a journey together. I look forward to checking in every couple of months, you know, in the lead up to your third trimester maybe. And then potentially, you know, that, that's when we'll start having more rigorous conversation. But of course, reach out at any time. It's been a big lesson that sometimes people want to talk all the time and connect and send messages all the time throughout their pregnancy, which is fab. But if you're not building it into your pricing, that's when it can start to feel unequal or uneven. Um, and it was, yeah, a good point of reflection to be like, I need to be clear. And I also need to be comfortable to say, hey, I'm going to need to take a pause here, come back to you at the end of your pregnancy. Yeah, and it's so variable with each client because exactly, some yeah. of them might have a birth doula who they're doing all of that with anyway and some of them don't and they're leaning on you a lot. Do you have two separate packages, like including more pregnancy support or not, or do you just have the same boundaries for everyone? Yeah, I've got I've I've got pregnancy um, uh, pregnancy sessions that can be added onto postpartum support um, and it was a big lesson that I wasn't clear enough in my framing around what our relationship looks like in pregnancy. So there were certainly opportunities where I could have said, hey, I feel like some pregnancy it's time to you're after here. Yeah. yeah. Can we sit and have a conversation around what that looks like? Which yeah, it took me goodness, probably took me about eight months before I was really ready to have a conversation with a client around, you know, my boundaries being pushed a little. And of course it was totally fine. It was a completely comfortable conversation with very reasonable person, but it was just all the stories I told myself along the way of like, oh gosh, imagine if you get a bad review. Imagine if she feels hurt. Imagine if she feels like you've let her down. But of course those stories are just stories. They weren't, they weren't the reality. Yeah. You know, I went on a retreat last year with actually the person who's now my accountant. And I've also recently transitioned to a company. So I'm a director rather than a sole trader. And I kept emailing my accountant all these questions just recently. And she's like, hey, Julia, I think it's time for you to book in a, a chat with me, you know, and it's a paid chat. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And we did that. And it was great. And I have so much more clarity. And she's kept her boundaries. And then we were having this discussion about why is it that when you're in a caring industry, you feel like you can't do that? Like when she's selling accounting services, there's no question that that is her profession, that is her billable time. And I wouldn't expect that I could just text or email her or call her at any time of day or night as many times as I want to. Of course not. So why when we're in a caring profession, do we think that's any different? It's a really difficult story to unpack, though, when it's you trying to find the courage yeah. <laughs> to open that conversation. And such a big learning for me as well is that like those conversations are what are good for me as a provider and they're really good for the client, especially if you're talking about boundaries that they want to set in their postpartum around family and friends. And it can be that really helpful reframing, I guess, of the relationship where it's like, I am friendly, but I'm not your friend. I'm here as a professional and conversations like that can kind of just, just, yeah, be that gentle reminder that this is a working relationship with beautiful, 
you know, threads of friendship and emotion, what, like, you know, weave through it, but it's a professional relationship that will end at a point in time. And I truly believe that a good, a good doula makes themselves redundant by spending that time developing community and kind of, you know, wrapping um, that client in support if that's something that they're after so that you can end your time very clearly, uh, which is also something I'm yeah still learning how to do because I also just want to stay in contact with people. I love watching, the, you know, kids grow. I've got clients who are um, maybe four or five weeks away from their, their bubbers being one and, you know, you, you can still stay in contact in a gentle way, but that kind of, you know, constant check-in is just not going to work when you've got other clients that you need to go and be with. Are you listening to this awesome interview with a postpartum professional and thinking that this might be your calling in life too? Do you believe that postpartum care could be a respected, valued and well-paid profession, but feel frustrated and don't know where to start? Newborn Mother's Postpartum Education and Care Professional Training is online, self-paced and available worldwide. We value human rights, scientific evidence and diversity, and we'd love you to join us at newbornmothers.com. Back to the show. Absolutely. And the joy of working locally is you will keep bumping into people. Yeah, yeah. Bumped into a little girl who was a baby when, you know, when I was looking after her family. She was, she's now probably like nine. And um, and I bumped into the family at a just at a local community event, and it was just so lovely to catch up and and see how they're going. But also, I feel no obligation to keep checking in on them. You know, it's a different relationship now. So, yeah. Um, so you've had to say no to a few people as well. That must have been another tricky conversation to have. Yeah, yeah, especially the last couple of months because I'm um, I my books are closed until. June 2024 so I've got all my clients sorted from um, end of 2023 until um, mid-June and in my first few months of doing this work I was very very bad at saying no kind of that like middle ground between these women these people are so amazing I really want to be there for them and I'm starting my business who am I to turn down people, even if I only have one day a week that I can do this work? Just say yes, just say yes, you'll work it out. Of course, that led to what I'm now reflecting as like pretty big burnout towards the middle of the year when I had four or five clients at once, all with their big stories and their big lives. Um, And yeah, it's been a good, like now that I've gone through that, I feel really confident in my no. And it's been a great opportunity to connect in with all of the other Brisbane providers and actually use that as a really great tool to connect. I would, you know, I would say I'm a gold star referrer because I refer on way more clients than I take on. Um, so it's great to feel like I'm serving, like serving my doula community by being able to connect people and also doing that important inner work of saying, I hear that you're looking for postpartum support. I'm booked. My books are closed. Um, and I'd love to connect you in with providers who are going to be um, the right fit for you. And what I also learned along that journey is, for me at least, with my personality, when I have a strong emotional connection, it's a little bit harder for me to be rational around the kind of more you know business logistics side of things. And so moving forward, questions like, um, you know, where do you live? What days of the week do you think you'll want care? What are your dietaries, for example? Um, they're now questions that I ask before I start talking 
to someone um, because, you know, I'll, I'll meet someone on Zoom or for a coffee and just be like, oh, it's the perfect fit. I can't wait to take care of you. You live 45 minutes away and you have, you know, on a, like organic, dairy-free, gluten-free diet and, you know, you can only take a visit on a Friday and that's the one day of the week where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a mum and I don't uh, I, and I don't want to budge on that. Yeah, there's been a lot of lessons like sometimes you have got to have the kind of like the bones of the conversation before you kind of move to like, you know, the, like the heart, the heart of a conversation, um, which makes it much easier to say, oh, you know, you live 25 k's away. I'm not going to be able to um, service you. Here are the providers in your area who have availability and are ready to, yeah, to be there for you. Which is kinder to the client as well, because I mean, if you do have that heart connection, and then you say, yeah, "Oh no, yeah. sorry, you live yeah. too far away," like that's sad for them too. Yeah. So you're much better off connecting with other people first. Don't yeah. You? yeah, and just don't assume that everyone's going to read your website in great detail because you know, of course, all that information is there. Um, but if people find you on Instagram, for example, they're going to reach out before they read the detail. Um, and so being being clear in, you know, some of those more kind of like the points that you are that you can't really budge on before you connect, yes. I, found, I found important. Yeah, yeah. And it's exactly the same in my business, too. I mean, I, that doesn't really change. But we have some programs where you have to apply because even though it says everything on the website, we find so many people try to enroll and we're just like, oh, this is the wrong program for you. <laughs> you're not in the right place so they have to actually fill in an application form and then yep. we decide okay yeah this is right or no we think you should and same we've built up a quite a good referral network to be able to say look there's these other people who can help you better yeah. um and there's yeah. nothing like it like I love I love getting messages when I've um connected a client with another doula and I get a message four or five months down the track being like oh she was the perfect fit we loved having her her food was so good it feels amazing like a no yeah a no is actually a really kind thing to do for for many reasons I yes for everyone involved yeah, yeah. like it's kind for you it's kind for the yeah. client and it's kind for the other doula who gets the referral so exactly. it's just win 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 yeah um so tell us a little bit about what you've learned about pricing it's been a really particularly strange and unpredictable year in, in terms of the economy uh, a very difficult year to start a business. I know I started my business during the global economic crisis many years ago. That would have been like 20, 2011, was it? And um, same, it was just like I started my business, then the rug was pulled out from under me and I was just like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> now what? Yeah. Yeah, so I imagine it's been a similar year for you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really interesting year and I can almost kind of map um when um people contact me with the kind of way that the economy flows um and on a personal level keeping my part-time job is a real benefit for me I kind of as I'm like talking to you now I've got my like list of goals for the year written up on the wall and one of my goals was to do this work as like my sole source of income and now with the year under my belt I feel really comfortable with doing this work one day a week and having my other job three days a week. I know, you know, every practitioner, every professional is going to have a different take. But for me, annual leave, sick leave with a toddler in daycare, having that little bit of kind of framing and structure to my week um, has worked really well. Pricing, very interesting thing I did not consider. I mean, who can predict a cost of living crisis? I'm sure very intelligent futurists and economists can do it, but certainly not I. Um, is it is a it's a very interesting thing to be 
starting payment plans if you're including food somewhere nine to ten months ahead of when you're going to be purchasing the food and cooking it. Um, and it was a big lesson to me that the prices I set, you know, in December 2022 or January 2023, nine months down the track to be cooking that food, you know, the small profit margin that I could possibly make being $1 cooking for one family a week, which I think is tough anyway. I think it's when you kind of, you know, play into the economies of scale where you could make some money off food was, you know, what I'd budgeted for, I don't know, a few packets of herbs, some good quality meat, organic produce, you know, some good like pantry stock items. Um, I was off by about 30 to 40%. Um, and it was a bit of a wake-up call um, maybe about, yeah, a month or so ago now when I started cooking for a client. I was like, oh, goodness, like I'm off. I'm off by a bit. Am I going to talk to the client about it and ask for more money? Am I going to reduce my package? Am I just going to wear it? And I had to spend a lot of time sitting with it and trying to figure out what I felt comfortable with. I ended up landing on reducing the food package, which again, it was a story, a big story I told myself about letting them down. Like food had been the way that this client and I had deeply, deeply connected. She let me into her culture and I was so excited to cook for her and thought it was going to be you know, potentially um, a tough conversation. But of course, everyone's in the same boat. And if they aren't in the same boat, chances are they aren't going to be clients that I, you know, work with or connect with just because most of my clients are in a similar financial situation to me, which helps. I think it's not necessary, but it really helps. Um, and of course, the conversation was totally fine. She said, I completely understand. We can give you more money if you want, or you can reduce the food. The choice is yours. Um, and so I don't quite know what the answer is, but I think for for other doulas and other postpartum professionals, if you're doing like long-term payment plans for like services and food that you're potentially not delivering on for, you know, nine to 10 months, it could be good thinking about that middle ground between like flexibility and wanting to give people long payment plans if that's what they need for their family and making sure you're setting prices that you can kind of comfortably deliver. Um, within that time frame because um, yeah that was a big a big learning and like the drip feeding of payment of payment plans all but one of my clients um, has has been on a payment plan I've only had one client that's paid up front everyone else has done either fortnightly or monthly installments which works really beautifully for me and my own budgeting um, but when you need to do a big bulk order of food or something and you don't have the funds yet for the work you're about to do yeah it can just be a bit of a um a bit of a dance i guess between you know what you're buying money coming in and um you know how how you pay yourself or pay for utilities or pay for the family groceries whatever you um do with um yeah with the money that the business makes yeah there's just so much to learn isn't there when you become a business owner about you know like one of my kind of early lessons was someone asked for a refund for a very good reason she actually had a house burned down so i was oh, like wow. Obviously, I'm not going to, you know, argue about this. But um, again, so often when you get that first refund, like so many other doulas, I'd already spent the money, you yeah. know. So I was like, oh, <laughs> how do you actually do this? Um, and then from the, that day on, I always keep the money aside until I've delivered the work because, um, you know, you just never know when something like that's going to happen. And I've had a few people pull out of contracts for also really good reasons, yeah, like yeah. baby and that kind of thing is not 
it's not something that you can predict, but um, you definitely want to be generous when people are going through hard times and you don't want to say no, uh, you know. And if you do have a refund policy, then you need you need to honour it as well. So, you know, you need to keep that money aside. And, yeah, and then there's all those things too, like making sure that you're putting aside money for your own taxes and superannuation. Yeah. yeah. And, Stuff that your employer usually does, but now you're the employer as well as the employee. <laughs> get a great tax agent, get a great accountant. It is money I do not regret investing for a single second is having those people on board quite early in the game um, yeah, to, to kind of help help frame. Because I, 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 it's, it's been a bit of a journey to feel confident and comfortable running my own finances um, and yeah, I, w- I would look at, you know, even a couple of hundred dollars in my account and just be like, ah, terrified, terrified of what would happen with it. So it's been a journey to feel very comfortable and very confident. Um, and yeah, have that buffer. And again, I haven't quite got the answer for it, but taking some time to reflect on how I allow flexibility and like, you know, like a, like a long amount of time for people to pay things off of, in installments if that's what they need. And, and set myself up really well for being able to deliver them a service that I feel really confident in, really comfortable in, and is, you know, viable for for me and my family and, you know, paying for my son's daycare, all the things. Yeah, and I think just releasing any sort of shame and guilt around the mistakes you make too because it's really inevitable that you will make these mistakes as you're learning uh, and I've been in business for a long time now and I'm happy to say I pay myself great super, have great holidays, I've got employees, you know, I get good, yeah, good, good conditions, but it's taken me and I always have all my taxes put aside, you know, (laughs) that was not me in year one. So, you know, like it's okay that that takes time to have that kind of stability and security. um, And, you know, that's not something that anyone would ever expect you to know in the first year or even three or even five, to be honest. I'd say really it takes probably three to five years to really um get the hang of running a business and to be able to really have like consistent profit and um you know reliable income and that sort of thing so yeah it's I I love that you're talking so openly um about this framing for me as well thinking that like things might start to feel a little bit more comfortable yeah and then and then knowing that you're in it for the long haul as well because I think that's when you kind of you can you can invest those few years because you know that in the long run like now my business pays my home I also Mm. have you know employees and it pays for their rent and bills and mortgages as well you know so that's a really good feeling but it's taken me a long time to get here so you know those early years I always used to think it's kind of like going to university you'd spend tens of thousands of dollars and you know years and years of time um so treat the first kind of three years of your business like that and I don't think anyone should go into debt necessarily it's more that if you're learning and you haven't got the hang of it yet you just treat it like that this is you know if I was doing any other job I'd probably go to uni for three years first and instead this is this is how I'm learning how to do it you know Mm -hmm. that's great framing totally totally agree and again like on a yeah like for me personally that's great to sit with a couple a couple years down the track things will feel even more secure and even yeah more solid with my finances i remember it's probably maybe about 4 months into starting my business where i was able to make a 20 dollar contribution to our like household utilities 
And it actually felt amazing. It felt so good to be like my little, my little, you know, like at the time, it felt like this sweet little business that I just poured my heart into. And even just $20, $20 a week being like, I am paying to keep the internet on, to keep the lights on, you know, to pay for our gas. It just felt really, really good. And that's certainly not something I was expecting. And like, even when I get, you know, my like big shipment from honest to goodness with all my food for, for clients, like when that arrives at my doorstep, it actually feels really good being like, this is, this is money that I earn and this is important money from my clients. And here, I can do the work. I can do the work. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Oh, it gives me goosebumps. I love it. <laughs> uh, it's so, so great to hear these reflections. And I think it's really useful for people to hear uh, as well, because there are so many other people out there probably looking at your business and people like you going, oh, Sammy's got it all sorted. It's easy for her, you know. <laughs> the work in progress, always. And I, I talk yeah. to a lot of emerging doulas and a lot of new postpartum professionals um, on on Instagram. And it's kind of great to, you know, be excited about what's possible, but also not be, um, yeah, not be afraid about having the kind of, yeah, more important or like the, the the real conversations around what it actually looks like. Because much like postpartum, right? It's beautiful and full of love and excitement, and there can be real challenges that need to be contended with. Some of which you can plan for beforehand, and other things you need to work through in the moment and figure out how you're going to step up for your clients, how you're going to step up for yourself. Yeah, it's big and it's beautiful and wrapped up in self-development, which I'm always grateful for. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm definitely a, a better person because of all of those, you know, I've had to face all of those um, fears that I've had and the stories that I've had and, uh, you know, I, I I often have this kind of reflection that women use money as a bit of a shield for not having to deal with self-esteem, confidence, sense of value and self-worth. Um, we'll just say, oh, you know, money's greedy and dirty. And then that way we never have to really deal with the bigger story that is what it's really about. And But dealing with the money means that you have to unpack all of that. And that's such a gift. Yeah, we live in the era of, you know, the Barbie movie and um, Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Like there are so many amazing business-minded women. Like women are on top. Like it's a great time to address those stories um, before you step into running your own business and certainly throughout the process, think about those stories. Where do they belong? Whose voice is it? And, um, yeah, how do you want to show up for yourself moving forward? Big, important, very powerful conversations. Yeah, and really like global conversations, world-changing conversations. So it's not, you know, it's not just about me and you, is it? It's about, you know, how women have lived and been treated for generations Ah, uh, what an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Sammy. Um, people can find you at theholddoulaco.com. Uh, you're the same, the hold on, on socials. Is there anything else you want to wrap up with? Just a thanks. Thanks for starting the journey. This all started on my phone when I was breastfeeding my bub when I found your course. Um, so, yeah, I totally I stand on the shoulders of um, of people like you and Naomi and all the other doulas that I've been able to connect with thank you for yeah showing up and creating space for conversations like this in the course and beyond because it really matters and you know as a sole trader I felt I felt supported and held by a bigger community um so yeah endless gratitude thank you oh I'm so glad to hear that Sammy thank you so much and um thank you for doing your beautiful work in the world and we'll share all your links in the uh show notes we'll see you next time 
Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.